The Accidental Entrepreneur is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, AWeber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, AWeber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. AWeber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by The Alternative Board. Since 1989, The Alternative Board, or TAB, has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives. And be sure to connect with our affiliate sponsor, GSM Growth Agency. They're boosting e-commerce businesses to six and seven figures in revenue and cover everything from ads and social media influencers to making your website better. GSM Growth Agency focuses on taking businesses from startup success to bigger success, going above and beyond to make sure growth sticks around. They're all about cool ideas, lasting partnerships, and making your mark in the e-commerce world. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. Uh, you know, I'm in Florida building websites one after another. I think 20 in a month I hit my, oh my goodness, I can't, I don't want to do this for the next 20 years. It's going to be crazy. GoDaddy's coming out with a website builder. WordPress is becoming popular. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, they don't need, do it yeah, they don't need custom stuff anymore. Um, let's partner with some people and build something. So found some some uh, individuals, investors, and restaurant owners, and we worked on a project for several years for um, delivery of food for the back the back kitchen, right, for small businesses. And it's more of for small distributors, not Cisco, not the bigger boys. They already have an automated system. This was for, you know, okay. can I go find the best price for 50 pounds of chicken from the local five distributors? So this is like a B2B, a B2B where the restaurant yeah. was buying their inventory. It was an inventory purchasing yes. system. And Got then it. also okay. linked to several automation downloads of all their inventory every day with the prices. Um, and so there was a fee that they would get from the vendors around yes. your system. Yeah. They would, they would either pay a Got fee it. to be part of it or the a percentage of the sales that flow through it. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Uh, got another great guest. All the guests are great, but we got another great guest coming on. We're going to talk about some really unique things that Dave's doing with his company, Tweeva. If you are listening on your favorite directory, please leave us a five-star review whenever you can. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, like us, subscribe, so we can keep bringing the kind of quality content that we're bringing here today. So we'll get started with the credits, and then we'll bring uh, Dave onto the show. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. 
That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. Hello, my name is uh, Dave Van Beekum, and I'm a co-founder and co-creator of Tweeva. It's the first uh, business digital television that allows businesses to connect together and share their content and their events and also local city uh, events that are happening where the band is playing on Friday night. But it also allows uh, other people to connect to it through a mobile device. So it's kind of like a shared digital billboard. And uh, so really excited to be here on the show. All right, Dave. Um Welcome to the show. I forget, what part of the country are you in? Uh, I am in uh, Central Florida. I'm about 20 minutes north oh, of, so uh, yeah, East, East Coast, Coast so. 20 minutes north of Disney area. Okay. Did you guys get hit with the uh, hurricane? Well, not as not as much as like they called the day off of school and we thought, okay, we can you know, oh, huddle okay. down and watch a movie, but we just got a little drizzle and rain, so... Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was like in the last yeah. two hurricanes kind of just, you know, veered off and didn't hit us either. So, uh, but we used to, you right. know, huddling down and dealing oh, with some, you know, electricity yeah. going out for a 24 hour period or something like that. Yeah, no, well, I, it's not that I wish that, right? You're like, yeah. oh boy, the storm's coming. So it's better. I get <laughs> A lot of people were affected, uh, you know, unfortunately uh, they yeah. were, but we, we were not. So we, we stayed safe. Good. Okay, good. So we're all both on the we're both on the same time yes. zone. Yeah. So it's about ten. Well, I grew up up north Sounds there good. in New so, Jersey. So, uh, yeah, right. What, what, where'd you say you're from? Uh, Bergen County. So Wyckoff, Wyckoff, right? Uh, Twenty minutes from the city. Got it. Yep. I was actually in Saddlebrook last night. <laughs> really? for Board hearing for something. For <laughs> yeah, my wife's from Saddlebrook, yeah. so that's that's funny. Oh, there you go. Two oh eight four and uh, Garden State yeah. right there. Exactly. <laughs> right. Garden State yeah. Plaza. You wouldn't believe it if you saw it. It's like this high-end it is, mall really? now. Uh, Garden State Plaza. Yeah. It's like got all the expensive stores. It's got Capitol Ooh. Grill. You, you you wouldn't even recognize it. Yeah. It was, in, it was a, a dump of a place. It was. Yeah. Ago. I think when I left, it was oh. still needing a little help there, but it was better than uh, Paramus yeah. Mall. So we, it was always like Garden State was Yeah. Nice. Paramus Park is just yeah. falling apart. I remember yeah, when I was exactly. younger. In the, in the heyday, though. Yeah, Paramus Park was the yep. place to go, right? It was the, it was the place. Yep. And then we used to walk around, me and my uh, girlfriend, wife now. Oh, it's cold outside. Let's go walk, take our pedometers and walk around the mall. And we did that a few times. I'm like, I yeah. think we're doing this a little bit too early because we were doing it with some of the senior citizens. And uh, yeah, I was yeah. Like, that's kind of dorky. But we always love to be like walking and outside. So Florida's a nice place. Yeah, you're better off there. All right, so why don't we do this? So I want to talk um, about, we got about an hour together. Uh, we want to talk about Tweeva and what it, what you're doing there because it's kind of it, you know it's social network stuff, but it's unique. The approach that you're taking, um, it's kind of a combination of a bunch of stuff. And um, and but maybe let's start at the beginning, like you know when you were younger, how you got into business, background in entrepreneurship, stuff like that. And then maybe after commercial, we'll get into Tweeva and what it is and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Does absolutely. that make sense? So I started right. uh, in tech, I think, when I was very young. Uh, now that I kind of go back in my history, you know, you don't really think about these things until you start thinking, you know, what, what did I do when I was young? 
And uh, right, <laughs> yeah, my dad was electrical contractor, but he also did the sound and audio for church and then for other events. Like he, he built his own custom speakers and yeah, he, uh, he did those things. Got but it. you know, every time he upgraded, he would take these older parts and put them in the basement. And it's just a matter of time before I was digging around, going, "Hey, what is this old XLR microphone from like 1960?" You know, yeah, and a uh, Macintosh amplifier. Right. Oh, don't touch that one. That was expensive. You know. So I got to play with a lot of these <laughs> older, older electronic and then eventually video, like analog video equipment. Um, and that started very young, like eight, nine years old. And I got my first computer, uh, it was a 286, 33 megahertz computer. My uncle worked at Dun & Bradstreet. Yeah. So he would, you know, again, upgrade and go. take some of these parts and uh, bring them right. home. Hey, you need a computer. Only had DOS on it. But anyway, that started this early love of, Green yeah, screen, it was a green right? screen. Cursed. Yep. That was it. My dad actually had an 8088. Yeah, do you remember those? Yeah, I do. I, you know what my first home computer was? It was a, an Atari. It was like an Atari. It didn't even have a real keyboard. It had like this flat keyboard. Atari 400, oh, I think it was. Wow. It did nothing. It did nothing. It had a tape drive. You'd put cassettes in and it would load up the tapes and then it would crash. Or was that whatever. before like the Commodore? Also, I wanted to make it. Oh, it was around okay. the time of the Commodore. Yeah. The Commodore yes. 64, yeah. right? Is that what it was? The Commodore 64? Yeah, that had a real keyboard. I couldn't afford that. <laughs> it was too expensive. Yeah. My uh, my paper route money. I also want to make a clarification for anybody listening. You mentioned audio equipment and Macintosh. That has nothing to do yes, with Apple yes. computers. Macintosh high end. Are they? They're still. I in saw business, a couple I assume, amplifiers. Right? I was looking on like eBay and stuff. I'm like five thousand dollars for some of these old yeah. tabletop amplifiers, but they're all yeah. vacuum it's tubes. So. Yeah, right. So it's not it, – that's the problem, right? It's, it's got to update. But well, I don't know if there's no business, a, but they were – Yeah, it's a, a cleaner audio, income. something – if you look at the distortion rates per wattage, it's it's a must – very, yeah. very clean sound because no digital – there's no digital compression in it. Right, right. It was yeah. all important in those days. So did your dad like have a big mixing board he would take to the church with the speakers yeah, and Yeah, whatever you know, was stuff, upgraded, you go from 16 to 32 yeah. to 64 channel, and there was always an older one in the in the basement. So I would play with the faders that were a little scratchy, um, and I set up you know, reel-to-reel right. on this side and then two VCRs over here, and I would be able to just play with this. I was like 10 then at, the, at that point. And then I think I went on vacation and found a little transmitter. For like kids, hey, transmit 75 feet and receive something yeah. on their other side. So I plugged it into the output oh, and I said, hey, sister, turn on this uh, radio station over here and we can listen to this music I'm going to mix. Right. And so never really went into music production, but it started kind of like in that just this is this was my play toy, you know, to, to do those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and then you realize you could yeah, guess yeah. things. So as I progressed yeah. into computers and technology, um, you know, I, I upgraded that 286 to 386 and um, kind of moved into my dad was electrical contractor. So every once in a while, he'd have a client that needed a network in their, you know, business or some cat five run uh, lines. I think it was cat one back then. Uh, and, so I, you know, I would right. help out. Like, hey, yeah. How does these crossovers work? Yep. You know, he's got eight, eight, eight copper uh, twisted pair instead of the, the regular telephone four. So I would come in and I would kind of do these things. Um but then I got a little bit deeper into computer programming and because I really liked to just sit there and build things. And personally, I think I remember just loving that undo button. Like I'd build something and maybe it wasn't the best. I just undo, undo, undo. And I was like, okay, let, let me try that again. Right. And so I just had a really yeah. early history in that tech world. 
and I was homeschooled at the same time. So I had a lot of time to kind of build out and play with these different things. It wasn't just a one hour course I was taking at school. So So you were a little bit of programming. I wasn't deep into programming at an early, early age, Um, more kind of building computers, doing a little bit of basic networking, probably more on the graphical user interface side. Like I started networking with Windows 3.11. I wasn't programming, but like I was like building out the network, setting the subnets and stuff like that. Got it. So you weren't like programming Cobalt or whatever programs they were yeah, using. Yeah, no, in those not, days. that was a little, well, yeah. probably not too early for somebody, but too early for me. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's when the yeah, bug Yeah, that's, that's when it happened. And then throughout that, uh, just from then on, it was computers and technology and kind of a love of sitting there and building and watching screens. You know, I was the first person in my field. I, you know, group of people to have three computer, three computer screens on my, you know, on my computers when it was a 386, you know, how do I have these three monitors? Right. Well, that you had to put extra graphic yeah. cards in, right? And yeah. do special things. And I had one yeah. of those first, um, I, I think it was an HP LX 620 palm top, do you remember palm top computers? They're really tiny. Yeah. And yeah. I would hang it in my jacket right. as I walked around. The jacket was sideways. I always remember walking around like, what's in your jacket? Oh, I right. got this personal computer. What does it do? Um, yeah. Microsoft Excel? Not much. <laughs> a very easy yeah. version, a very basic version of uh, Microsoft Word, Windows CE Compact Edition. So I just loved, I loved technology and computers. So kind of delved into that. And then uh, when I eventually, fast forward a little bit further, I moved to Florida and uh, started a web design company. And it was more like web design, tech, slash software development. And... Yeah. So what, what year, Dave? That was, was more like 2005, 2006, I believe. Yeah. So we're about maybe 10 to 12 years into the internet yeah. at that point, right? Early nineties. I think we're, we're really when the internet hit the shores of yeah. the U S yeah. I was on that early, you know, the yeah. dial up and the, the AOL and yeah, AOL. You know, played with those hacking bots that you could send, you know, blast people's emails and got kicked off AOL dad. Yeah. I swear I will never do it again. Okay. One more time. You know, right. but I always love right, exactly. And it's not yeah, hacking, you know, loving this stuff. Um, yeah. Right. You didn't think yeah, it was it wasn't a, big that deal. Big of a deal. It's like, but, come on, you know, there to be yeah. broken. Right. Exactly. I remember in 92, I was at like some youth conference in the Middle East in Israel. There were kids from Europe. There were kids from the United States. There were kids from Israel. They were all talking, the Europeans and the, and the Israelis were all talking about this thing called the internet. And I was like, I've told this story so many times. And I, and I, I was like, well, what is that? And they explained what it was. I said, that's not a thing. <laughs> I mean, I live in the United States. We hear about everything first. And I get back and there's all these AOL discs on like everybody's that's right. porch. Yeah. You know, they never heard of it. Well, you know, what was going on? Next thing you're dialing in and you're doing all kinds of stuff. But that was that was a very slow day. That was. Loading it, videos. No, no videos. It was like yeah. a picture would, you know. One yeah. line at a time. <laughs> Don't nobody exactly. pick up the phone exactly. until I'm done. It was like right. 200 kilobytes, yeah. you know, not that much, but yeah. Yeah. My dad had like purchased the, I think he decided maybe I was on my way into the computers or the family something. And he had went out and bought a $10,000 gateway 386 with a scanner. It, it was, was 10, well, nine something. Days. And, and, you know, it was, yeah. it was very, it was closer to 10 than a nine. And, uh, it had the digital camera, you know, 640 by 480 pixels. And I was playing around with that stuff when it really was just, just out there, you know, that, that high, 
high yeah. tech, but I loved it. I, I just, I could do this forever. It's like playing, but building. And I didn't have business when I was that young, but I knew it was something I wanted to do. Well, I'm older than you. So when I was playing at my dad's office, he was in the insurance business. They used to have computers that would run these things for the, they were so DOS based, all green screens. And he had a, you've heard of a deck writer? Like you would call up, you pick up the regular phone. Like remember old phones where you'd have like the, the mic here and yeah. the speaker here and you'd hold, and you would call up to the company and you hear the noise, right? For the modem. And then you'd stick the phone into these suction I cups. I had one of those. On the back of this thing. But you did? I- <laughs> and there was no screen. It was just paper. And it would start to print things out based on, I don't remember how or why or how you could get it to work. But it was, that's how we would print things. You would send them to the company, I guess, and then call in no and stick the thing in and wait. And it would just I don't remember the paper. Maybe I had, nuts. or my mom had the second version. You know, with the holes on the edge, those paper, the paper with the, what they were called. Um, and and it would, there was little plastic pins on the deck writer that would hold the paper. That would like roll a dot matrix through. kind of. Yeah, dot matrix. Dot matrix, that's what it was. It was like the early yes, days of the yes. dot matrix printer. And it was a deck writer. It had these suction cups on the back. You'd no stick way. the phone in. That's how you connected. <laughs> I had, well, I mean, yeah. my, I guess my parents had one of those, but she would talk to her deaf friend yeah, and it had a little green one line uh, screen on it. And the, the letters would just go across and she could sit there and type and talk. Because she would stick yeah, the phone in the, phone the in device it. and then it would yep. transfer. But I never saw them use, yeah, maybe once or twice cool. use it. But I was like, okay, do we need this? Do we know what is it for? And it's so funny. Right. So surrounded by tech. Weird luck. <laughs> I know. Now it's all very. Yeah. Back then it was like, oh, David's okay. in tech. He's going to be something someday. He's going to do something. And now nice. like He's everybody like, has an iPad. Everybody's in tech. Everybody's an iPhone, a, a digital watch. Your own programming. Yeah. Company. Yeah. I know. I'm wearing, I'm yeah. You got your digital. Yeah. Samsung. Watch. Yeah. Um, because my kids and my wife want to make sure that whenever my phone buzzes and they send me a text, I know about it immediately because I, you know, I don't right. I got two of them. Oh my goodness. So, all right. So you started, so were you just doing like this kind of freelance type of stuff or did you actually form a company where people working for you and you were doing web design? That happened. The the legal formation happened in Florida. So before that, it was just kind of freelancing, find work here, find work there. And, uh, you know, contracted to build databases and stuff for small companies. I'd go in there once a week or once a month, figure out what I need to do, and then build it uh, from my office. Like Access or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was like an, I, I dabbled a little yeah. bit in Access, uh, a little bit in FileMaker, and, you know. Oh, yeah, FileMaker. Yeah, they're just changing their name now to Claris. <laughs> and, you know, since the, 1984, they've huh. been out, relational database systems. And so I was moving this huge database from a DOS uh, based program called Telemagic. And they had, oh my nice. goodness, I think 30 or 40 tables, all encrypted, well, semi-encrypted. Some of them were uh, encrypted. And I had to merge those into this newer version because we were running, well, they were running a Parallels machine inside of a Mac on an actual physical box. So three layers and with different network. And the data is all there, right? Because there was no cloud. Right. It all had days. to be local. But it was yeah. shared across the VPN right. to another location. So, okay. you know, we had a Cisco uh, ASA 5505 right. either side. The early days of off-site yep. backup yep. type of stuff, right? So yeah. I figured out how to merge those okay. together, bring that up to date. And, uh, you know, that turned out to be many millions of records of building everything from what we generically now call a CRM. 
but in, integrated a dialer yeah. into it and tracking and a lot of these things that really help uh, figure out who you should be calling next, why you should be calling them, what do they need, what do they want, right? Uh, right. Somebody calls in, it right. can direct them to a specific person sitting at what chair because they're the client and they can pick up and, oh, hey, Joe, yeah, I just talked to you two months ago about your kid went to college, right? And so they can see that mm -hmm. note when it right, right. pops up. Exactly. Right. Well, it's all really about data management now. Yeah. I mean, that's all it is, right? It's just pushing data to the right people to give them the right information to make the right decisions or to make your app work. It's all, it's all database stuff, you know, in the background. My son is a, he graduated as an informatics major from computer, the computer school, which I'd never heard of. I thought some <laughs> bullshit thing. I'm like, listen, you're not going to do some bullshit. And I talked to him and I found out from his guidance counselor what it was. And now he works in the field and that's what they do. They program systems for warehouse management and supply chain management. It's all data driven. It's all, everything's just big relational. It is. It's, it's how you can relate it and you know? how you can scale it because you can build a relational database, but it may not scale to 50 million records. It may only work, you know, every right. time I pull this record, it's got to pull yeah. 10 other records. And you find you find those things yeah. out uh, into the project. You know, you go, oh, this is uh, not as efficient as it could be. Um, well, we have yeah, ten thousand records now. Yeah, exactly. It takes uh, two yeah. minutes to boot up. Why does it do that? I was just talking to somebody over the weekend, and he said, "Yeah, my Excel sheet, my Excel sheet takes two minutes to open up because it calls all these other uh, files that need to be opened." And I go, "Yeah, right. but that only works with which is a yeah. lifetime, right?" Two minutes doesn't sound like a long time, but when you're sitting at your computer for yeah. two minutes, you want to. But I'm like, yourself. but it's relational, like, so you can perfect. somebody else can open it. He's like, no, no, one person at a time. I'm like, oh, one person at a time. Yeah, no, that's oh, not right. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah. So yeah, but it is all about the data yeah. and how we can track it and find out what we need to find out within a couple of split seconds because you your your brain works so quick, but it needs that <laughs> info. So right. And like you said, maybe you are answering the call and you're like, Dave, it's been so long. Oh, let's see. You want it to be in front yes. of you right there. So I add it in the last so note, you can be more last note of whatever they yeah. talked about. And I say, hey, whatever you put in, hey, I talked right. to him about so-and-so going to college and some money will free up over here. Call him back. We set recall dates on each person. Okay, I'll call you back in 25 days. 25 days, it pop up on your screen. Call this person back. You know, right. this is, yeah. Like putting yeah. notes on your calendar, but because when you're over but. the phone or any kind of digital, you're trying to build that relationship, and the relationship is based on trust. Yeah. And that's what do you have? You have I'm going to do this, right. or I'm going to do that, and for the first ten or fifteen phone calls, you have to do what you're going to say. You, you you have to do it, otherwise you're going to lose them to somebody who is more organized, has a better database, and it really comes down to those right. little things that make a company either scale and grow or they're just frustrated because I lost that piece of paper with so-and-so's number on it. Said it was going to call him back. I don't even know who was talking to because he had to call 50 people. Right. You know. Exactly. So were you working in any particular industries at that point? Doing Yeah, that was a finance. More that so was a finance other. industry. So it was very important for investment reasons that they would call them back to buy this price or that price. And it was, uh, yeah, Got it. but it was good. It was, uh, learned a lot of the relational pieces and then not only the tech side, but the customer side of how they need to be treated. Um, how, what can you record? A, like one of the things was, can I record a voicemail for the week about what's happening in the financial markets? And then we can press a button and leave that on the vo voice machine. I know today they have this, but 15 years ago, it was 
it was a little yeah, bit more it was, manual. It was, yeah. uh, you know, how to... So when you say voice machine, you mean on the message people call into the uh, company? I was on, on an outgoing call. So they would have to call Got a certain it. amount of people, and if they could just click a button, and then it would play for 30 seconds, and then it would hang up the phone, all automated, right? So... Got it, like an automated yeah, dialer system. kind of an automated, a mix between automated and manual, because they still had to sit there, and because if they picked up, you right. know, they didn't want to be like, beep. Yeah, you want to yeah, be Hold on, I'm person. going to transfer right. you. That sounds, uh, yeah, I don't like that. Right, you want exactly. to be that right there and saw that yeah. last message of, what? hey, Joe, you know, I talked to you about so-and-so. Yeah. Now, if I ever answer a call I don't recognize, I wait a minute. I don't say anything. If I hear dead silence on the other end, I know they're waiting to hear if there's a live person in the transfer. Yeah, sometimes it. you get that, the blank, and then you get the, oh, hi, I'm calling for the, and you're like, right. well, it doesn't matter what I say at this point. <laughs> you're just going to continue. <laughs> right. They're a robot. Yeah. Exactly. That's a big exactly. thing. All right. So the, the what, AI robots robotic now robotic. and yeah. robocallers. Yeah. 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 I know some of it you can get rid of, but it's hard and spam. It and, and then, I, you know, I don't even know what you unsubscribe to all these things you get in the mail, email. I think you're just telling them that you're a live person. I don't even think half of them follow the, in the law. data analytics world. And you absolutely could. When you open up that unique link or click on that unique link, you're telling yeah. that bot I'm alive. Absolutely. You are right. Right. Like text messages, right? It doesn't matter whether you say stop, reply, go. Yes. It doesn't matter. They just want to know that you yeah. replied something. Now they know now it's not a landline. They know it's a mobile phone. Right. And there's somebody on the other line. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So this was, you said, mid-2000s. Mid um, so what did you do with that company? You kept growing that company? Yeah, they, they kept growing. And we just kind of hit a peak where I developed all the automations that I could. And we kind of said, okay, well, it just kind of sits there. I still manage a little piece here or there for them once in a while, but it's just essentially working and running. So, okay. What, what, what would you say was, uh, what'd you learn from that experience? Like, uh, things you'd do differently. Oh my goodness. There's so much I learned from there. I don't know what I would do differently. Um, but yeah, just humans and people like having 10 clients like that is probably better than having one. Cause when you figure out a problem that, might have existed there for two years and you might have even overlooked it. Yeah. I could see why a scalability of having 10 people on a team doing 10 different clients. So you're, you're, you're having these discussions of, Oh, I have this problem and I, and I can, I have a solution. Right. Whereas if you're just going in there alone, developing, trying to build something, it's very hard to see every problem and every solution Yeah, because it's just like, okay, I have to go home. Right. I have to spend time with the family. I have to take a shower. I have to go eat right. food. Yeah, you can't. You know yeah, the brain power yeah. to do it. It's not possible. So right. the the exactly. uh, teaming up with the team yeah, approach, absolutely. That's what makes these mega yeah. companies yeah, so yeah, powerful. The same way. Of course, yeah, they have the team, the people, and yep. the brain power. You can't. You know, you can be as smart as you want, but you're only one person. You need somebody to kind of review it and give you opinion. Same with law. I, look, I practice solo, but I'm always sending things to co colleagues to look at. Yeah. You know, yeah, I send them to clients. I'm like, listen, don't just assume that everything I send you is correct. You have to read what I'm sending yep. you. Because I might look at something and see a word, you know, your your name is David and, and it's I have it spelled D-A-I-V-D, and it's because backwards my brain has fixed it in my mind, but it's not correct on the yep. you know, I mean that stuff happens. I would think so, in law though that you yeah, have you know a standard though, or uh, 
but it's still open for, I mean, I wouldn't say there's a standard in software development or at least in the custom world. I know a lot of programmers have said, you know, you got to be careful. Like you have to be very careful because it's still an open industry. There's no standard of saying you have to do things like electrical contractor or a plumber, you know, this drain has to go down three inches every three feet, whatever. Um, But I always think of law as a little bit more standardized. Well, on the contract side, definitely. I'm not starting with a blank piece of paper every time. And I have standard provisions that I use and stuff and I update them or whatever. But when it comes to the the stuff specific to the client, Mm. that's where mistakes are made. You know, when you've looked at a contract 14 (laughs) times, you've been working on it for two weeks, your eyes start to glaze over, you know. You can't. Yeah, that's and look, that's what you pay for, right? If you go to a bigger firm and you're a bigger company, you're working with a loyal and they're charging seven, eight hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars an hour, some cases more. It's because they got a whole team of people doing stuff. Yeah, they're reviewing it, you know, whatever. So several times for the results. Their error rate is if you're a small person, much lower. Yeah. Yeah. Error, error rate or something. And they're probably doing more complicated stuff longer, you know, so if they're doing a four or 500 page contract, that's a little hard for one person to yeah, do. That's true. But a team of people can work on different parts and yeah. It gets, and it matters, you know, it gets complicated. Like I, when I talk to uh, VC capital and, and lawyers and patent lawyers, they said, Hey, you know, yeah, you can go get a thousand dollar contract somewhere, but if you really want to build right. this business to 5 million, 10 million, hundred million one day, you're really going to go to court with a thousand dollar document really like do you really right. want to grow everything based upon that or if you spend ten thousand and you would know that each word is put there for a reason that's going to protect you a little bit more right and i thought wow you know exactly. those are the things you don't always think about in in business you're just like get it done right. whatever's on fire today get those things finished and out and so, let me focus on whatever i else i need to do but some things really have long-term yeah. effects they do. And you know what? You got to, as a professional, you got to tell the client when you think, listen, you were small. You started with me. I work with businesses, you know, you know, I, and I work with family, you know, small businesses. They're doing a hundred million in sales, but the, sometimes you out, the client outgrows you and they got to go to, and, you know, you tell them, listen, let me refer you to a colleague of mine who runs a bigger department, has more resources for you. It's going to cost you more, but it's the right, it's the right way to go. Yeah. So, you know, some people, I know people, they've been working with their attorneys forever and you're just like, well, Okay, how come he's never updated that stuff? Well, he's 90, you know. Yep. And they wait for your attorney to die. But uh, another yep. topic. So so um, we were talking about your, your company. So you, you kind of exited out of that. Yep. So that, I, that was a contract with the company, right? So, you know, but I was Got kind it. of, I would dabble a little bit into the outsourcing way back when. And I just found the quality was not there and the security was not there. Um some of the stuff with right. the financial world ha- you could not touch, you know, with, with uh, another company or another freelancer in another place. Right. They don't yeah. want that. It's yeah, got to be a certain amount of security things. Control. You don't want anybody to yeah, know, you know, what, what does this table sure. touch anything kind of finances or could somebody export the data? So you, you have to be very careful when you're outsourcing any kind of project to, uh, you know, the, the conversation was you get China and yeah. yeah. You get hacked yeah. one time and your name is gone. Yeah. Done, one right, one newspaper done. article. And these guys get a lot of trouble too because they have compliance issues. Hmm. The clients. <clears throat> the clients in the financial world, they have a lot yeah. of licenses. And they have a lot of con- you know compliance issues and they're subject to 
SEC jurisdiction, all other jurisdictions. So a lot of that stuff, I don't even have them on the podcast. I have a lot of financial guys I work with. I've, I've every once in a while, I like give in. I'm like, you sure it won't be a problem? Oh no, no problem. And I can't even get them on the show. Like they, the compliance people are like, well, you got to change this or that. This I can't change it. We yeah. recorded it. That's it. So yeah, I don't, you I don't can't take say this or do that. Up. Yeah. Yep. Right. They want to review everything. Yeah. Okay. So, um, all right. So why don't we do this? It's been about 30 minutes. Let's take a break and play some of the commercials and then we'll come back and we could talk about Tweeva because obviously in the mid two thousands, the social networks weren't really there yet. Right. I mean, there were just social media was just coming around. It was yep. all new, you know, Facebook was new and the, and the infrastructure wasn't there. So let's, uh, we'll get into that in a all few right. minutes. All right. Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to market and grow your business? Or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running. AWeber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business. From maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one business coaching, participation in monthly TAB board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools, and customized strategic planning workshops, TAB membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. All packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at TAB invite you to try risk-free. Are you struggling with managing advertising due to a lack of time or expertise? Perhaps you're facing challenges in scaling ads for your store. Are you feeling lost when strategies have no success? GSM Growth Agency is your reliable partner in overcoming these business challenges. Feel the impact of collaborating with a team dedicated not only to short-term goals, but also to building long-term partnerships and achieving sustained success. Embark on an exciting journey to redefine the possibilities of e-commerce and create a legacy of unparalleled excellence. Take decisive action now. Follow their link in the show notes to receive a complimentary audit of your Shopify store conducted by a GSM expert. Propel your e-commerce game to new heights with GSM Growth Agency. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. All right, we are back. You can I hear can. me, Dave? I can. You're there? Okay. Why don't we get into uh, Tweeva? Because I'm sure there's a history there, right? Because you can't, we couldn't do this kind of stuff way back, like all the video online and yeah. everything like that. So why don't you tell us the, the metamorphosis of it, how it came about, and where it is today, and what is it, and how people can learn from it. Yeah, Use so, it. Uh, I, you know, I'm in Florida building websites one after another, I think 20 in a month, I hit my, oh my goodness, I can't, I don't want to do this for the next 20 years. It's going to be crazy. GoDaddy's coming out with a website builder. WordPress is becoming popular. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, they don't need, do it yeah, they don't need custom stuff anymore. Um, let's partner with some people and build something. So found some, some uh, individuals, investors and restaurant owners, and we worked on a project for several years for um, delivery of food for the back, the back kitchen. 
right, for small businesses. And it's more of for small distributors, not Cisco, not the bigger boys. They already have an automated system. This was for, you know, okay. can I go find the best price for 50 pounds of chicken from the local five distributors? So this was like a B2B, was a B2B. where the restaurant yeah. was buying their inventory. It was an inventory purchasing yes. system. And Got then also okay. linked to several automation downloads of all their inventory every day with the prices. Um, and so there was a fee that they would get from the vendors around yes. your system. Yeah. They would, they would either pay a Got fee it. to be part of it or the a percentage of the sales that flow through it. So we started okay. looking into it and nothing was really out there yet. So we spent a little bit of time, wrote a patent on it and took several years and got that one approved for this complex system of notifying when certain distributors are in or out of that product, um, pinging different trucks if they're at different locations. And uh, when we got to when we got kind of close to the end of that one, we said, okay, let's start to market it to local restaurants because we we're already testing it in theirs. Uh, we said, okay, we might need a marketing arm of you know, this business so that we can kind of touch these local businesses and teach them a little bit about how it works. Yeah. So we were okay. sitting in, I believe one of the restaurants or around the table or something. And, um, that's how Tweeva was born of, we were sitting there going like, okay, well, how about, can we, can we be on the TV in the business? That would be a neat way. And we said, yeah, well, how else could we just run an ad for us? Yeah. But how about for other people too? Could we put their business card on the TV or could we show their logo? Could we show, uh, well, that would be too much ads. So we can't make an ad platform. Scratch that. Let's figure out what we can do in the create our own little TV system for, for the business owner. And one okay. of them would be, you know, go, go around and put those little USB sticks in it and it'd be a slideshow and it would just rotate through some media. And then you could go around every right. month and change it out. Eh, kind of existed out there. Right. But that wasn't a closed circuit yeah. system where all the TVs and the sports bar could show yeah. different things. But that existed and there wasn't okay. anything unique about it. And then uh, I was looking at these little okay. computers from Intel, the little stick computers. I'm going, hey, you know, might be able to create a digital display slash something connected to the internet where people could add stuff to the TV. And it would be a little bit, not just ads. Let's make this something about the community. You know, let's give the person that walks in, let's say a landscaper walking in, where, where's he going to go to eat? Can he put an ad on the TV? Can he just open up his phone and say, okay. hey, you know, put five bucks on this TV for the next week and see if I can get an, a couple of new customers. And literally, you'd walk into the place with your phone and you could purchase an ad yep. that you want to have up there for a time yes. period. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a, like a closed circuit television yeah, station. it's like a uh, it's, it's a really a business centered and community centered TV channel for the city. So each city would have its own network, and if okay. all those businesses in that city connect, they would share certain things with each other. They can't share food to food, can't share doctor dentist to doctor dentist, right? Because that's against the uh, the terms of service. Really, we want this to be. Meaning, meaning you don't want the ad to show up in another right. dentist's office. <laughs> you know, I don't right. want to be. So, but that you can. Press the yeah. Issue, yeah. You right? have to define what type of business you are. And then we would not show that one against another. I don't want a barbershop being shown in another barbershop. 
But right. I, <laughs> hey, if you're not happy with getting your hair, yeah, you can stop by <laughs> and you sit in a chair, get up, leave, and come. Six hundred yards to your right is another one. Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> exactly. Geolocation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, so so the so it's the town. Well, let's keep going through yeah. what Tweeve is. I don't want. Yeah. So uh, you know, but it started though as this more like you said, a closed circuit. We kind of administrate who's going to be on what TV. And we kind of control a little bit of that. And then maybe we reward a business owner for being part of it here or there. But as we played with it and said, okay, well, we can't really, I mean, if a a person comes in, they're not going to just look at the screen, call a phone number and say, here's my credit card. They're going to need a mobile app. So we went into the, can we have the box, call Wi-Fi, check the server. And as we got again into this one too, we said, we have to write a patent on this one because- we have all these integrated features of somebody walks into uh, a business and if they have their cell phone on with their geolocation, can we change the screen? Can we modify the screen Well, from their cell phone saying, hey, I'm here at the coffee shop, right? Dave's at the coffee shop. Oh. So show him some nerdy, you know, reel-to-reel Mackie board uh, technical things. And then when he leaves or the average time that he's going to be there is maybe 20, 30 minutes maybe an hour when he leaves, take that down. And there might be a mother sitting over there and she might want to see some gift shop, baby, baby clothes at the gift shop down the street. Right. And you can't really do that with normal TV because you have to buy this large package. Oh, we'll put you on a million TVs. You're going to play once, right? It's for $2,000. Right. So we're running through all these issues. Right. How can we keep someone entertained? And so we slowly built out the platform Tweeva of, a box that goes behind a business owner's TV and the business owner would okay. then I'll, would open the app and start taking pictures of his business, of his food, services, employees, and then he would add that to his business and in beats to so his TV. And the TV is in yeah. his business. So, so it's a way to, okay, so the first step is the business owner can basically put up his own stuff about people eating there and specials or whatever on the TVs, let's say there's three of them yes. in the restaurant. Okay. That's yep. the first so step. So he's now he's kind of branded okay. his business, right? So if it's an Italian restaurant, you're gonna go to YouTube, you're gonna find some drone footage of going over Italy, right? Little things that are happening and you put that on your TVs. And then you're adding in a little bit of employees, maybe the local weather. And now when people walk in, they're saying, okay, this is kind of neat. I got some Italian stuff going on over here. Or the weather's over there. Oh. Look who's in the kitchen this week, right? It's so-and-so. And so now they kind of personalized feel of what's going on. Now, in between that content can be a few ads about local businesses. But we don't want them to be ads, ads. We want them to be more like this old house where you're watching a business owner or a contractor do something. This is like infotainment, okay. right? So it's not, you know, 30-second yeah. ad. It's if I'm going to work on a car or something or detail a car, that's the person detailing the car. And then his phone number could be at the bottom or a QR code could be at the bottom. But it's something about the community. Whenever you look at a Tweeva TV, you know this is happening local, right? And so we kind of... So where are you getting that data? Um, that, that So video? those videos are user generated. So the user would create that content or local influencers Right. Influencers are great with their phones. They're great with the iPhones, the Android. What, what camera's the best? What angles look good? And they just they do a great job of connecting 
the story of the business to something great uh, for content. And, and that being played on the TV, they can also use that on their social media. So the guy, so somebody has a Tweeva app on their phone and is somehow tied into the TV at the restaurant or in the city or whatever. And they're using the phone to make the content onto the Tweeva app, which then knows what to do with it. Yeah, they would submit it for approval. Like if they wanted it to be pushed to the city, right? Yeah, it's not pornographic. Yeah, yeah they can't post inappropriate content. I have a web filter API can go through and check for guns and skin and needles and a few other things, right? That you want to post, you know, content and inappropriate content. Um, and, but right. the approval moderation process is a little bit further for like local ads. If you want to run an ad, you have to purchase a certain amount of time right on all the TVs. But if you're adding something right. for the city, like let's say a parade just went through and you say, Hey, you know, this is a great picture. Yeah. Uh, the American flag is here or some kids are, uh, waving the flag and here, this is a neat, that's the kind of neat content that should be shared on the TV screens because not all business owners can make it to every event. Not everybody can make it to all event. There's been many times I've missed the parade with my children. I'm going, oh, you know, would, wish I was there. Yeah, but this is just this is just a consumer, a Tweeva user. This yes. isn't somebody who works for the no, town. That's just it? a user. He can post that kind of content, okay. and then a moderator would say, "Okay, this is good. Share it, right?" And it would live for 24 to 72 hours on the network. So now that content just yeah, it's being blasted out to all of the TVs in the network, and that's what produces the content. So the community is creating content. Business owners are creating content more for commercial side, right? Hey, come to my restaurant, come to my business, but it's a good mix. Right. And it could even be down as community art. You know, Hey, I painted this. I'm a local artist. I want to kind of say what's going on, or I might be at the city hall next Tuesday and they would be able to add that to the community TVs. It's kind of like a digital bulletin board. Okay. But each, Anybody who's on the system, though, has to have a Tweeva box, like in the restaurant or something it's, like that, right? It started that way, but uh, some of the VC groups said, is it scalable with the box? And I said, yeah, you know, if you look at some of the other big companies, right, you have to yeah, you have box, to give right, somebody the box to. or sell the box. So we worked on designing a TV app that can be downloaded from Google TV, working on Apple TV, and then it'll be Roku next. So any business owner with a Got smart it. TV... Yeah, I got maybe three TVs. I have one for sports. I like this one for this. My third TV could be a Tweeva TV. And they would join the network and they could start connecting with those other businesses. So eventually for Amazon Fire, for example, I could download the Tweeva app to that one TV and set it up where I put my local town and I get the whole feed. You would get whatever's available in that town. So now if you're the only one in your town, you it's going to be weather, right? A couple of local, local little things, but you're essentially the first one. So you have to create a little bit of content and then go to your neighbor and the neighbor's going to pick that one up too. And he's going to start to add content. So it really, because it's local based, it has to be user generated and or pulled from an API feed of something, something that's going on in the town. Um, one of the things we did okay. was connect with like the mayor's Twitter feed or the city's rec uh-huh. Facebook so whenever they're posting content right. about what's happening in the city or the town or the sports, it's just immediately being added to the network. Okay, I see. So, for example, on Sunday, we have our fall street festival. Probably 20,000, 30,000 people come to town. 
we have 150 booths of you know rest uh, stores and business owners and craft people and food and everything that comes in. So if I'm if I if I'm a Tweeva user, if I have the app on my phone, you're saying I could video the mm-hmm. event and then post it onto if there is a feed in right. my town. I have no idea. Yeah, you'd be able to share that, um, right? And eventually you'd be rewarded in some way. If it's good content, you might be rewarded a certain amount of advertising time. So that would help also those influencers. Hey, I'm going to create content for the network, but on the other side, I'd like to be you know, shown as far as whatever they do. Uh, most influencers are promoting something, like they either have a business on the side or a product or a service, and then they would get uh, some minutes or seconds in return for posting quality content. Okay, so but is because I don't find Tweeva on uh, my phone. Is it on yeah, Android? It's on Android and Apple Store. Oh, here it is, Tweeva. Okay, so if I install it, so it's on Apple and Android. So you can pretty much get yep. it for any device. Okay, and then the, I and then I got to set up an yep. account. You right? set up an account and say where I where yep. I am. What town I'm in, for example, and I doubt my town of Westfield has it. Yeah, who knows, we're right? we're not there yet. We're still working on Central Florida. We have some in North Carolina, some in Texas, right. but uh, essentially, we need some TVs set up in the town for you to find those TVs, and you could add something to them. Right, and the only and the TVs would have to be some TV in a diner yeah. or a bar. You know, you know, it doesn't really do much in a house, right? So this is a digital display for businesses. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Install a Tweet TV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the idea is to like give that business owner, like if you look into TV advertising for a general, let's say a pizza shop or a chiropractor, if they go straight to a yeah. TV company, it's going to be $10,000 to do an ad, right? Oh, we got to produce some content. It's 30 seconds. Then we're going to run it. You can't just run it for one month or, or you know, you got to run it for several months. So it turns out that like 98% of small businesses just don't advertise on TV. Because it's just expensive. No, it's yeah. too expensive. And I right. jokingly say, it's not because you don't have a 4K camera in your back pocket. Now, you know, when we were growing up, there was no digital cameras, right? How would you even produce? No. You'd have to take a film camera. So this is right on the cutting edge of you have the content, you have the production tools, but you just don't have a way to, right. to show it. Like, where are you going to show it? Well, I'll po- post it on my Facebook page. Great. If you have Facebook followers. But if you don't have enough Facebook followers, how do you how do you gain right. those, especially in your own community? And so the, the right. TV is a great way because it's kind of passive advertising. It's something that, you know, okay. you're not necessarily looking for an AC guy. You're not necessarily looking for a pool builder. But when you're out and about in the town, you keep seeing those ads. And so we've kind of. Right. Burnt yeah. Yeah. Brain. It's it's right. it's a little bit more passive. And so we've. Subliminal. Yeah. So we branded it as building you as a community expert. Now, if you, if your face was everywhere in your town, how many people are in the town? 50,000. Yeah. My town? 30,000. 30, Could you handle 30,000? Yeah. No, 30,000. That's a silly, but you pr- you'd probably be very busy as a community expert. You know, I'd say as like an AC repair yeah. person or even my town is 50,000 people. If I was doing any kind of service, that's a lot of people to deal with. You don't always need to go yeah. outside of your town. It's not a bad, but I think majority of the problems of the small businesses, we don't have that exposure that we need. 
So this is a way that yeah, yeah this is a way that we could help small businesses gain that exposure, but at a fraction of the price. Okay. Because I don't think the right. TV has been touched yet as far as um, like efficiency. You know, you have a yeah. No, I think there are. It's like the place the dig, It's like a digital placemat. Like yeah. you can. You know, there's some places that'll do it on TVs, but there's nothing integrated where you can just go to an app yeah. and sign up and get it yeah, up you there. You can't say, I want to play at this bar on Friday night between nine o'clock and 12 o'clock. Right. You know, and yeah, yeah you can do it. Yeah. And you can't say, oh, I can just do it, but I'll, I'll bid uh, 10 cents an ad. I'll put five bucks in the account. Right. And just like Google ads, it started very cheap, but as competition comes in, right. they raise the bid. And that's the ideas. Yeah, so get the early adopters. Got they're it. coming in first. They get that first dose of, wow, this is amazing. And as the network grows, you have some bigger advertisers in there. And they kind of drive the price up. Um, yeah. So how uh, how many users do you have in the system? Uh, very Well, we don't have a ton of users. We're on the version two of the app. But the, the screens, we just okay. have about 20 to 30 screens in Central Florida. So we're just on building okay. out the first... Well, we were kind of in multiple cities um, in, in Central Florida, but we had a co-founder. One of our partners passed away. And so we've kind of oh. been dealing with the building out the next piece of the marketing to get this one moving uh, to grow, to scale. S several things like the box need to be adjusted so we could push it to a smart TV versus a physical box. Um, you know, right. and then the marketing behind scalability and creating content to become viral. Many, many things. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, I, I guess before smart TVs became as common as they are now, every TV you buy is a smart yeah. TV. There's, you really have to look hard to get one. That's not a smart TV with apps and whatever. But prior to this, you'd have to go the box route. You really didn't have, a I was choice. looking for TVs with There's no, no smart TV in, in the very beginning. Cause I was like, I don't want people switching yeah. over to Roku. I don't want them switching over to Netflix. Right. Right. But they're switching. Yeah, you like yeah they not. could switch it to HDMI. Can we yeah. track if HDMI 1 is being played versus HDMI 2? Right. But in the end, you know, you want a benefit to the business owner to say, no, I want that being played. Like, keep that on. Uh, it's got my content on there, and it has my friend's content right. on there. And that creates right. a strong right. network. Um, and then the, the flip side for the business owner is that they're getting uh, reward tokens for Tweeva. So every time an ad gets played, he gets a little reward that he can either spend or hold. Um, and it would grow, that value of the, each token will grow with the size of the network. So so they don't, uh, they don't get a share of the revenue that comes in through their business, people advertising. There. They do in the form of the token. Because it, it, think okay. about it, in the very beginning, it's, if, if you put a dollar on the TV, it's not much, right, for distribution. Right, of course. So mm -hmm. if we can give them a right. token that's worth something, but will rise in value in the future, every dollar could be worth $50, right? If we scale it the Got right it. way. And so it's kind of an easy way for a business owner to say, hey, you know, I believe in the system. It's the first ever where I can kind of participate and control what's on my TV. I don't have to have deal about competitors. Not going to get paid, but it's like, it's like buying a little bit of crypto and hoping for the best, except... Right. You know, yeah, you, have, you have a way to like tell yeah. your, your friends like, hey, you want to advertise on the TV? Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a dollar. Yeah. Maybe it's five dollars, but it's something and it, it will grow with right. the network. So if you have how many seconds are available on the network, what's being used for ads, what's being used for local news, 
and whatever's left over, we can calculate a forward looking number based upon growth. Right. So, it's a, so what's the biggest challenge with, with the business so far? Is it, um, acquisition of something? Yeah, or it's, what is it's it? a knowledge. I think it's a knowledge gap of the consumer understanding what this technology is. Um, I could go into a business and say, this is a TV network. And somebody might say, okay, I get it. The other one it might have to say, it's a social media network, right? And, and you can connect with other businesses. Because it doesn't exist, it's, it's harder to explain. It's like trying to tell somebody uh, 10 years ago, you have to create a business Facebook profile. <laughs> and they would say, why? You know, why right. do I need that? Nobody's, right. Facebook was popular, but not that much. Yeah. Okay. So it's really that uh, acquiring and educating of what is this and how does it work? Um, that now influencers are becoming a little bit more popular. So if you tell a business, Hey, can I have five influencers come into your business and create content? Oh yes. We said that right. three years ago. What's an influencer? I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so, so the crux of the system though, is to get local people to advertise locally and to share things that are going on in the community on the TVs that don't normally get on to it's not regular TV, but get onto TVs in the different businesses. Yes. Yeah. It's to, it's for the community yeah. to kind of take over their own channel. Um, right now. So, so what, if I'm the business owner, what advantage do I have? Is my business being advertised on the, my TVs? So that's one yep. advantage. Your, your business is being advertised on the TVs and for a low fee of whatever you choose, you can be at select other locations. So when someone I is and it's got it, so you your stuff up and say here also show this at six other locations yes. as long as they don't, they're not your competition right. they will they right. can show and, and those people are out and about in a community so you know facebook ads you're trying to get somebody off the couch you're trying to get somebody off their computer at home or maybe uh, take an offer these are people that are in the community right now so if they are getting their hair cut they are at the gym they see something right, right down the street they go yeah I'm, I'm right i'm out right now i'll, I'll take a look and they can do yeah. right. So the, the, I guess the challenge is user adoption, right? In order, if I join the system and I'm the first guy in Orlando, my stuff's not being shown anywhere but right. my my restaurant because I'm the only guy using. It's essentially a digital display for you until the second guy, third guy, fifth guy comes in, and now it becomes a small network. Right. So you're really building a social TV network yeah. within a community yeah. that everybody can kind of participate. Yes. And it's, it's something, okay. yeah, it's, it's complicated, right? It's, uh, <laughs> it's not that complicated when you understand it. I think the execution is complicated. I'd be curious to see what the original, I mean, obviously the original business plan, if you looked at it was different because it was based on those boxes and the technology keeps changing. It's a very fast moving thing. There's no, there's no other companies coming around that are trying to compete with you, do similar things. I haven't things. seen any yet. Yeah. Okay. Because you know it's you're in a very fast moving industry, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that's hence the reason it. for the patent, and and we're just working on right. one of the last Protect claims yourself. in there, and it's a lot of complex pieces. People walk here, GPS getting you uh, information. What are we displaying at what time based upon what interest rate, what interest the person right. are just a few of the of the queries, but yeah, it's a complex, so you almost can't tell people that you have to say, oh, it's a local business network. It's a low, it's a social TV platform. You know, if an influencer walks in, you could be ordering your coffee 
behind or in front of an influencer, you would never know they have a million followers. Now, if they were on the TV and you kept seeing them, you might be like, I've seen on the TV. Who's that dude? Or like if you were on there, we would know you're a law firm. We would know you. You would be the community expert. But right now, it's like we're not being seen. Right, right, right. So, so with I guess you said you have some venture capital lists are involved. We're we're working on that. We just hit the tail end of the market before it kind of crashed. So we're we're still working on it. But there's several people interested. But it's instead of so you're in a round basically. You're in a a round to raise capital. Because I would think that if you want to hit a community, if you target, let's say we want to get to even going in this community, you need to advertise the shit out of it. I mean, people have to know what it is, um, you yep. know, and and get the town to adopt it and get some restaurants yep. on, maybe some, right, beta users, they get a six-month subscription or something. Yeah, know, something yeah like going that. to the town. I went to my uh, town, and I have not City Hall, but every other building municipal building at the moment and they love it for local events and just you know because right they they have they haven't produced content yet but we're working on you know little pieces that they could share because again if they're in all the local businesses um it just helps it's like it's like a small tv station got it got it so tell me the uh plan because we're almost out of time anyway what's the so you're in this round you're trying to raise capital is that the next stage to raise the capital in order to launch in different cities? You have some cities targeted? Yeah, that would be the the first person, I think, to cover most of Florida if we can, and then just grow out from there. Okay. But there's nothing stopping somebody from picking it up in any state and saying, hey, I want to be the moderator right. or I want to be the city official or the person for my town and go around to businesses and help grow it and use it for advertising. So it's it's an open, it's an open system, right? But Right. So basically, if somebody's listening in the Midwest to the podcast, and they want to reach out to you on LinkedIn or whatever and get in contact with you, go to Tweeva.com, whatever yeah. it is, we'll put it in the show notes. They could theoretically launch it in Oklahoma mm-hmm. or Denver mm-hmm. or Illinois or Chicago or wherever they want to do it uh, because it's just an online yeah, system. It's a it platform works. and they would become, you know, they would take some portion of advertising fees and run mm-hmm. that in their city and then help grow the network because. Anybody throughout the next how many years can walk in and somebody has to administrate that content. You know, oh, this is junky. Right. It has to be quality. Yeah, you're not yeah. ready to yeah, do that. It has that. to be right. quality content. How many people board. does Facebook have on their, on their team of looking at, you know, this, can we show this and not that? Uh, this. Yeah, no, you need yeah. to have a whole huge yeah. department. So we're getting there. We're getting so there. That's, but that's- the, the idea, the plan would be um, – Tweeva being, I mean, we picked the name because it's a very easy thing to say. It fits in there with Facebook or Meta now. Um, Meta, Google, Twitter, Tweeva, right? Hey, like my daughter, hey, dad, put me on Tweeva TV. You know, take my soccer game and put it on Tweeva TV. Let's watch it at Chili's. It's made easy to say. So I, I want it to be the local TV platform for every city, okay. every city across the, anywhere. So that's really the plan. All right. So how can people follow you? connect with you, learn about Tweeva, get involved in the program. So we're on, yeah, we're on every platform, every social platform. So you can just search Tweeva, T-W-E-V-A, or you can go to our website, Tweeva.com. You can download our mobile apps on, uh, it's on Google. It's not on Apple TV yet. Still working out one bug, 
but it's on all the mobile platforms. You can download the app, join, or uh, send me an email, Dave at Tweeva.com. Uh, and just join us. We'd love to okay, have you. If you're a small easy. business, we'd love to help you build exposure in your small town um, with the first ever TV network. All right. Well, Dave, I can't thank you enough uh, spending some time with me from what is sunny, I guess, right now, sunny Florida. And uh, we'll definitely watch your growth and, and stay in touch. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Accidental Entrepreneur. Opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moscovich and Made to Order Music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at BeinackerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.